Today, for our last hiatus episode, we have a very special episode planned because we have the rest of our lovely, not that complicated staff on the call with us. Say hi to Chasing, Katie, and Shauna. Hi. Hi. Bonjour. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're here with us because uh, not only we wanted to do a different episode this time around, but also we are planning on relaunching the website in the fall. Um, so Chasing is going to introduce the new plan for us. Hi everyone, this is Chasing. Um, so our relaunch, not that complicated, we are planning to um, kind of pare down what we were focusing on to really kind of give us a more fandom focused um, queer centered website where we kind of have a resource for what the fans are saying about these shows and not just what like other um, uh, networks are saying and so we really want to I think hear what you know metas we're writing what what thoughts we have um, recaps and reviews and from all different perspectives and all different these shows um, we're going to start with just a few shows that we have um, that we all know we have interest in and obviously we will continue to expand if we get more interest in other shows as they come out or they get more popular um, but we will definitely be looking for anyone that wants to write for us or work with us um, we're looking to launch sometime in the fall um, after the show has um, probably finished, I think. I don't know, air dates. I'm really bad at that, y'all. So um, <laughs> um, so we're looking forward to that. And um, this is gonna be the group that we, um, as like our core editing staff, so we have Amanda, um, Meg, Sarah, Shauna, and Katie, and myself. So we're really looking forward to getting that relaunched. All right, thanks. So our first very, very, it's gonna be a very chill chat um, and very broad topics so the first thing I think is a very general opinion from you guys um on season two and what you expect from season three um because you've all heard Amanda Sarah and I speak forever about season two so we want to get new opinions in so let's start with Katie <laughs> I don't have any opinions I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> it was okay. So, where do I want? I'll start with my sort of broad thoughts on season two. Um, was it felt really disjointed to me at times? So I'm hoping that, um, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the episode that that the three of us did together uh, when Sarah was away, um, where it felt like they were again just trying to bite off a little bit more than they could chew at times, or going down too many rabbit holes instead of kind of trying to focus on on a few kind of core uh, topics where I think I think sometimes they forget that their strength is in their characters and so if you if you jettison your strength to play into this what you think is going to be more exciting um, you know kind of <clears throat> uh, social baiting storylines or uh, things that you think are going to be high uh, emotional impact that sometimes it sometimes you're kind of giving away more than you're getting back uh, in return. So I think that was a big 
underlying thing for me over the course of the whole season was that a lot of the time um, I felt like they didn't spend the time where they should have. And it felt like, you know, a lot of shock value, a lot of, um, a lot of wasted potential. Um, and then I think my hopes broadly for season three is really to just get back to what actually makes the show what it is and, and your characters and really invest in them and invest in some of the really rich storylines that you've now laid the groundwork for, because I think that it, there's a lot of potential in there to do some good with those. Yeah, totally. Um, I think us three agree. So, um, Shauna. Hi. Um, first of all, I have to agree with Katie on everything that she said. She's always correct. Um, but I really felt like this season, there was the uh, season two, there was no reward. Um, I think when you have a mystery, uh, that's something that's supposed to last the whole season. Everything happens so quickly that it was like, oh, revelation, let's go over here now. But you didn't get any reward from anything. There wasn't anything that kind of keep you hanging on, on the edge of your seat. Um, I found a lot of things really, really predictable. Um, <laughs> and then the things that weren't predictable made absolutely no sense. Uh, too many characters. Um, so it was hard to be invested in what was going on with them. For example, Kyle has a girlfriend and she's dying. Like it just, everything just came out of nowhere. So I really hope next season uh, they tunnel down into um, more about the, the core three main characters and uh, what their past is and what their where their future lies and um let the supporting characters be supporting characters if you want to talk rewards though howdy partner is a pretty strong one right? <laughs> 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 all right true valid that's very very valid also we got to be alex's brother and if they wanted to do a spin-off show of him just cutting wood like i i'm fine <laughs> with that like, if you just want to make, like, a, you know, 45 minute show of him, like, I don't know, reading to children, like, I think they'd do really well. Reading old cabins and. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's you. I, Shauna, you like blew my fucking mind when you just said that about the no reward thing. Because I was like, yeah, it was a whole season of being edged and never allowed to, like, crest over. That's the whole point. You've changed my mind. I'm using that forever. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, season two did seem like a whole lot of, of nothing. Like, like, and I think that my biggest issue with the show in season two and, and more in season two, but it also happened in season one is like, they just, there was just like this checklist of social issues that they wanted to address. So you've got abortion, you've got threesomes, you've got, you know, um, medical, you know, like, self like yeah yeah immigration and controlling your body and your own health and like all of a sudden it's just like they all check these things off and then like nothing was really resolved like and then they were handled poorly on top of that let's get chasing to say what she feels about season two like the others and then we can go into like specific topics so I actually, so I actually just, I was telling the ladies, I just finished rewatching season two for the first time since I did it like three months after it came out. And uh, I, I, I agree with a lot of what everyone is saying, but I think for me, what I was really, I, I had a lot of things I was disappointed about the first time watching it. There was a lot that I thought was missing and a lot of story that I felt wasn't getting told. 
And I, I think for me, the biggest piece that I get stuck on is that they did a lot of development off screen, which they've always done, but their time skips, like you have to be paying attention to every word to figure out that there's two weeks between almost every single episode in the beginning. And they are just jumping months and months at a time. And like it, once you once you know that, once you get the timeline in your head, you realize, oh, okay, so these race relationships are building with a lot of time in the middle. Like there's actually a lot going on in between these episodes that we're not seeing, but it it makes it seem pretty both fast and slow at the beginning because right. we're skipping a lot of time. And so it's like it's like it's 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 some things are moving really fast and some things are moving really slow. But I think at the end of it. And having well, rewatching it and rewatching all the scenes that take place, um, I really felt that every single scene that they did had a purpose to the overall story. Like everything was connected to something else. And I do think that like the the plot really fell into some really interesting places, especially with Elena. Um, but it like it was also to me kind of what I expected from a CW show. Like they are going to find every way, like they make it look like they are sending out a lot of different branches in a lot of different directions and everything ties back together somehow. And usually in a way that is like chasing sparkle fairies on Sunshine Mountain. Like it's something stupid and makes no sense, but like you somehow, I, I still think we see a lot of character development, a lot of really poignant character scenes that we didn't get, I think a lot of the, on-screen buildup we needed, but I do think that there's been a lot, there's a lot, there's enough implied in all those scenes that they have an impact. Like I was telling you, I was crying a bunch over the last few nights rewatching this season, especially the grief portrayed in the first half. Like it is, wow, some of the things that David dive into are not something I've seen in television before. Um, and I do think they bite off more than they can chew in a lot of the, well, I don't want to say they can bite off more than they can chew in the diversity area because like there's never too much diversity. There's no such thing as that, but they give snippets of the bits of, of, of something that I think it feels very real, but the entire story isn't getting told. Like, you know, I think about Isabel's abortion story and every moment of that, moment of that, like every time that she told somebody knew about it, every time that, you know, she brought it up or had to think about it, like as a woman, you just feel like your heart, I mean, or as a person that can procreate in that way, like it, it, you just feel yourself feeling for her but I think there was so much more to that emotion they could have dove into and so like we didn't get to see her looking at different women's shelters online and seeing that we just see her like mention it in passing and so many so many important things that happened in the show are offhand comments like the time passage and that gets really frustrating at the end um the last few episodes go a lot faster than anything else. Like again, you have two weeks between episodes and then you have like an entire weekend that is like four episodes. And it just- The pacing's off and that's jarring. Like I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like it, you know, yeah. it's like, it's a lot of hurry up and wait in season two. And then it like all happens yeah. in like an well, episode and a half. And a casual viewer, I don't think would realize that there is two weeks between. I think you would exactly. have to- Exactly, you have, you have to have caught- Right. one single sentence that someone said offhand like that is right. buried into something that's way more important than the time passage so then it gets and confusing I, and it's you know where when you could watch it if you didn't really pay attention and didn't really know kind of what the time frame is it would seem like this was a month <laughs> like maybe it would like you know six. it would just so, yeah like it's so quick but then you know it drags in places that are uh, that that are unexpected and then it speeds mm -hmm. through spots that are unexpected it's almost like yeah. we need to sort of figure out a better way to 
some things do need to can be you know just expository and sped up and they're just there yeah. for random things but like other parts of character development probably need to be you know I think the best part of season two um is on some of the characters the development that we got to see I think genuine change in Isabel you know, there's there's gen characters that we saw genuine character development that it, that we only got a 2D view of in season one. So I definitely don't think season two is all bad from start to finish by any means, or we wouldn't even be here. Um, it's like a I get a glimpse of what I think season three could be, and I'm like very hopeful because it's like we're you know we're we're so close to getting both of those things quality of content and then quantity of, of these scenes. Like we're so close to getting both of these things. I part of the reason why I think it's frustrating as well is because there is the potential there. So you can see where this incredible storyline could go. And I think part of why I'm almost holding judgment on season two in some ways is because, yeah, it seemed a little bit um, piecemeal in some ways, but if those crumbs of storylines are going somewhere in season three, like I laid out at the end of season two, where you could take all of these kind of branches in a way that was going to be really fulfilling. Um, and I think if you're going to take those crumbs and turn them into something in season three, then you got me right back on board. Uh, it just depends on where they go with that. Well, and I was going to say, like, I mean, think about what, if, I don't know if anyone here watches Leverage, but like, what if we were critiquing Leverage at, at season two and it ends up having so much to it once you get further, but and it all ends up connecting in the end to this greater storyline. But if we were looking at it just at the end of season two, we're missing a lot of the character backgrounds. We're missing a lot of story, a lot of the character development. So I, I agree that I think, and that's why I kind of mentioned this. So like, if you really look at season two, everything is building both emotionally and plot wise to that end, but more so emotionally, I think like, I really just, there were so many scenes that just tore my heart out. Like, it's like, I know that some of them were out of context, and didn't have the buildup to to give it the impact it should have had but enough of them had more than enough impact on me well and if you look at the show so the show supposedly has a five season plan right that that's what Karina envisioned and so now you know we've had season one that was kind of the setup and so if you look at season two is kind of building up well season three is going to go up up and then season four is going to go up up and then you're supposedly probably going to have the climax of the story in season five I think when you look at like the big like I everybody knows I was not a fan of season two honestly if we weren't doing the podcast I may have given up at some point in season two because I just didn't like it but if you look I think if you look at the whole like if you look at the show as a whole like from five seasons it makes me dislike season two less if they cash in on that potential right that's right. exactly if you're going yeah. to go somewhere with the threads that you've laid and do something really kind of live up to that potential, do something meaningful with it, then you've got me, I'm sold, I'm back on board, but it is all about how you convert that. I think for me, and this is only for me because even being in fandom, I'm not a big TV watcher. Um, it's almost like no time has passed. Like I feel like I'm watching a television show from 1998. <laughs> like I feel sometimes, and Karina admitted that a lot of her influence came from Dawson's Creek it came from those WB shows in the late 90s and so from the shows that I did watch when I was you know a, a preteen and a teenager and so I think sometimes I tend to forget that we're still watching the CW this isn't the next groundbreaking television this isn't the Sopranos this isn't this sort of hard-hitting Emmy award-winning you know I have to reel that in and remind myself that like 
it is kind of shitty writing. Not not every part of the show is shitty writing, but it's it's not, and maybe not, shitty isn't the right word, but it's a different kind of writing. It's very, you know, supposed to be meant to be emotional and kind of for the drama. And so season two kind of felt like early Dawson's Creek where I'm like, you know, you're all, this is drama for drama's sake for the most part, again, and, and as everyone has said, it could pay off greatly and it should as the show matures. But sometimes I do have to take a step back and be like, okay, what are you expecting out of this here? Well, I, what I want to say is I understand that there's a five-year plan, but they got to remember that each season has to be its own story, not a chapter in a story, but its own story. And I think that's where they're losing me. Uh, I want to be able to watch all five seasons and go something in season one connected with five, something in three connected with four. And so what I found with season two was it wasn't its own story. Yes, it's part of the whole, um, but each season needs to give us something so that we feel satisfied, but also gets us excited for the next chapter. And I just really felt that season two lacked that, except for really the last two episodes. I felt like I kind of felt like I was on like a spinning top until the last two episodes. And then I was like, if you could have taken this and expanded it, it would have been an amazing season, in my opinion. Like the kids say, those last two episodes are a vibe. Like uh, they, they really, there was an energy there. There was a, there was something happening where like in the middle kind of felt like, <laughs> like this sort of non like drawn out thing. And then we really got some good stuff and some really good energy. And so I'm, you know, that's, I'm, I'm more hopeful for, at least for me, that season three, we'll, we'll learn to sort of, that you're going to have dull moments, but then have that energy that lasts a little bit longer throughout the season but it's but it's almost like they're like oh we're lagging threesome and then like it was it was like thrown in as this thing to be like well we did something here right this was fine yeah what we're gonna say okay um that was gonna comment on um kind of that same thread but also the idea of this the, the plot versus the characters because that was something i was i was gonna i had forgotten to say i think it was either sean or katie had said it earlier about the show um really lacking in in a coherent plot or cohesive like um story that's happening in season two and you know i i absolutely agree with that like i think that it's hard to to pin down you know what we're supposed to focus on as an overall season arc there's a lot of things that are happening in, in different and it, it does all end up connecting in a way but they're all in still in different, such a different stories that it's like you know but i do think that everyone had a really interestingly emotional well mo- I, I think i have some issues with certain but like I love the way that Rosa's character played out in season two. I love the way that Liz's character played out in season two. Um, and Isabel and Max's and Michael's. And I think that, it, and Alex, and all of them really, like I really think, other than Cameron, I feel like Cameron didn't really have a story other than being the connection to Liz's narrative foil and there to be whatever, I don't know. But <clears throat> for the most part, like I really, I really felt these characters growing over this season. And I felt the, 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 like it was a, I don't know how I say this. Like it was vibrant. The feeling of their, 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 who they are is that their essence as a character came across so vibrantly throughout the season to me, regardless of, of the silly things that were happening around them and the things that were thrown at them. Like I just never once did any of them feel like they stopped being entirely themselves for me. That's yeah, the I strength think- of it. That's the strength of it is the characters, right? I mean, that's the, 
as Katie said earlier, I mean, that's the, the heart of it. And that's, again, that's what they do well. That's the talk, letting the characters be themselves and feel emotions and do all of that. That's what they do well. So even when everything else is dumb and I'm rolling my eyes and I'm like, fuck, this is what, what, what a dumb show. At the heart of it, if you've got these wonderful characters and wonderful people. So that's what I want. That's what I need to continue and, and grow. To be fair, Jason, I think you're right. Like nothing felt, there's nothing in there, in there that felt necessarily like, like what he did that, like, you know, but everything that felt like it was, could be removed from the storyline. There was a different choice that I think would have worked better. So if you think of, for example, if you think of, um, you know, Kyle's whole thing with uh, the girlfriend, I don't even remember her name anymore. Um, Steph. I think his core storyline could have tied in with Alex and it could have been about bringing down deep sky that could have been a whole thing right and that would have tied everybody in or I think Maria's driving um thing could have been around the experiments that happened on her grandmother and that like I think that there were more rich veins that they could have gone down but they went for the cheap option so that's where I get frustrated I absolutely agree and I think I think for me it's like I think that the characters reacted really accurately to the situations they were put in but I don't think the situations they were put in that we saw on screen were the ones that the audience necessarily should have been like should seeing or the choices that they should have been faced with I agree with that and going kind of like continuing with that like my the storyline that I disliked the most in season two was Kyle's because it was so isolating for his character it had nothing to do with anyone else and I Amanda has said this in a past episode if you are so isolated in your storyline that your character, people are theorizing that they're a ghost that only Kyle can see, you have an issue because it literally had nothing to do with anything else except for at the end when they did a freaky alien experiment on her without her consent. I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I also think I'm really frustrated with how little we actually saw Maria and Rosa interact compared to how often we heard that they were interacting. We hear all the time that they're talking and we see none of it. <laughs> and like they're hanging out and it's so much better for Rosa. And, you know, when Maria's worried about it, we just like, I want to actually see it. This friendship was like the core to who Rosa was as a, as a, as a teenager, you know? So show me, don't tell me. Yeah. That's, that's, the, they do that a lot should have been that. the name of the podcast. That should have been the name of the podcast. I gotta be honest, I am not the biggest Rosa fan. So for me, I'm kind of fine with not really seeing her interactions. I, I, But I also find with Maria, her entire existence is um, telling us about who she is. Um, so I would love, even if it is seeing her with her with Rosa, seeing more development of her character into something other than a prop, that would be great. Maria is one of the most sort of failed opportunities of this show consistently because um, they give the, she has such powerful scenes about standing up for her business or standing up for her mom or these really deeply empowering things that again, I believe are the ones that sort of get lost this whole history with her family. That's why I'm hopeful that, that that's where that's gonna go because I'd like to learn more. Um, we need her to not be a prop for anyone else, to stand on her own in some ways and sort of lead the charge of a storyline that I'm not sure that we've really seen before. I mean, I would, I would say that aside from Rosa, she, Maria has the most potential to have this really yes. fulfilling storyline. 
And I really want to say, actually, uh, I had a, uh, something happen that I thought was really interesting. I was flipping through the channels and there was something on TV with the actress who plays Maria on it. I'm sorry, I don't know her real name. Um, she, I don't even know what the show was. Um, and she was amazing. And I found myself rooting for this chick. And it just proved to me that it's not the actress. Like, she's clearly a phenomenal actress. It's what they've given her, uh, which is unfortunate. That's all I wanted to say about that. I want to love Maria. And I've said this before, like Maria's a great character. There's great potential mm -hmm. there. I want to love her because she's everything that I love in a character. And I also don't want to be one of those MLM shippers who hates the female that's, you know, keeping their love and their, their couple apart because it's not why I don't like her, but she's just, she has this potential to be so good and so compelling as a character and just they start to build things up with her and then it just never, it never goes anywhere. Her mom's stuff, it doesn't go anywhere. These abilities that she has. Now maybe, you know, going forward in season three, I'm sure that that will be addressed, but she's yeah, do you guys like, like- Remember she gave that presentation about her business during the, um, oh my God, I'm losing every detail, but you know what I'm talking about. She did the presentation mm -hmm. um, about the, uh, what the fuck was the event that was going on? It was on? like a fair or like a the business crash. conference. She, the crash yes, conference, were, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then she, it, it, it's like, we never, what happened with that? Like, what was the point of, of showing her having, doing that presentation during CrashCon when she wasn't even involved in CrashCon? We never saw her. She I guess like, spa. you know, yeah, it was a really weird, like having this, like, really like, hell yeah, female business owner. Let's like really like, powerful thing. And then I don't, I don't, nothing, there was nothing there that CrashCon had nothing to do with her. Yeah, they implied that she was that there was going to be some kind of an event in the ponies parking lot, but we never saw anything beyond that episode and the yeah. mention of that presentation. So yeah, but I do think for the most part, a lot of like the stuff with her mom. I mean, her mom was the reason that she was able. I mean, again, we're, again, I think that the plot is very simple. They tie everything back in really convenient ways, but like I do think that there are things that like, with her mom that went somewhere. Like her mom, her mom's ability to under know what's going to happen is how Marie was able to save the aliens at the crash con, which again, it's a whole silly story, but it, it gives you these, these character moments. Um, I mean, I personally like, I like Maria a lot and I um, really appreciated her, the complexity of what she had to deal with in season two and the way that she handled herself throughout it. And I, I'm really disappointed that she's like related to Isabel because that's still like my but oh um, no <laughs> we deserve that <laughs> honestly like I still ship it like whatever but I mean I have to disagree that they that their her storyline doesn't go anywhere because I think her storyline dri drove a lot of what happened in season two but it um, wasn't it yeah she may have driven plot you know but it was still in service I think to other characters instead of herself which is where my issue comes from like she's She's very much become like a, like a prop character. You know, she props up Liz, she props up Michael, she props, you know, all of these things. And it, ne it never really gets to be a storyline for her, which was a complaint that a lot of people had back in season one. Yeah. And we were told that it was going to, that she was going to have her own storyline in season two. And, and like, maybe technically she did, but it didn't feel that way to me. That's why I'm yeah, super, I, mean, I, I do think she's going to be the kind of, I think maybe that's why she features so heavily in the, maybe in the trailer quote bunny ears trailer is we may be seeing some of these really interesting threads that started with maria in season two coming to fruition in season three the entire like the necklace 
and all of that. And the, the whole reason that she and Michael sort of break up ostensibly, the reason they sort of break up is her wanting to know more about her abilities and her past and her family and all of this. So I would imagine what would make the most sense is that that's what we see in season three, that we've sort of been leading up to, she really goes on this like sort of journey and you know, to figure all of that out. That's what would make that <clears throat> feel, season two feel satisfying to me is if season three, she really goes balls to the wall about sort of searching for what her family means and, you know, her place within that. And if, you know, alien, not an alien, what, you know, how do we deal with this? So I think that the season two Maria would pay off for me if season three Maria actually got some of that meaty things about her specifically that wasn't just Michael and Maria <clears throat> breakup that is the, you know, leads to, I don't know, like is there only for really for Michael's character and to move on. Like we need to know that that breakup or whatever, whatever scene it may be was for the benefit of both the characters and not just Michael. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think, I think for me though, I, I feel like Maria had actually one of the more tied together storylines of season two, because it was, I mean, her struggle with risking her life and risking her mental health and what's happened to her mother versus finding out her history and who she is and her connection to this whole world after being lied to by her friends like I think all of that is is a, a rather wrapped up storyline however I I do agree that there are there's a lot more potential left for it and I think that that's why she's been they, they use season two to kind of remind this the audience that she is going to be one of the primary characters and one of the primary drivers going into the the rest of the show um because that would be the, the first season focused on the four and you know you know we see a little bit beyond that in this season i think uh, we probably need to move on from this but i think if i'm gonna kind of wrap up my feelings on on maria's storyline and the disappointment that I felt from it it's because it felt so shallow I guess when there were depths to be found so I think a lot of the time about okay you take out Steph and then you tie Kyle in with Alex and bringing down his dad and Caulfield and everything but then you introduce Maria's grandmother a little bit earlier and the and the experimentation and everything and what happened to her a little bit earlier then you tie Maria into that storyline and that's a much richer story to me than where she ended and like largely these kind of um yeah I feel anyway kind of surface level things where you had deeper you had deeper um I don't know things to to dig into if you wanted to so no yeah I agree with everything that everyone said um I do want to say that the one thing for me I think chasing you said it like one mm -hmm. of the first things that you said is it does for me upon rewatch it does make more sense that it is a little bit more coherent more cohesive as a season upon rewatch and having all the episodes and knowing how the story all ties in um and I think they do set it up quite nicely in the last few episodes for season three so hopefully um season three will pay off um for both seasons I guess so yeah Amanda mentioned the trailer teaser whatever the 30 seconds clip that we got I don't know um do you guys want to say something about that or should we move on yes I'm gonna say something neither trailer would attract any new viewers ever you don't know what the show's about you don't have any idea about the characters you don't have any idea about the storyline you know that it is vaguely about four very pretty people on the CW which I guess is just the CW I don't know what that was. 
but it's not a trailer. Now it's, we've got what, two weeks. There may be something dropping next week to give more, more detail. I have no idea. This is a, this week was about the time, the last time where we got like a more in-depth trailer, like an idea, but I'm trying there. It was so frustrating because we waited so long for content which obviously COVID and all of that, you know, it's not like I'm angry at anyone, but we've waited so long for content. And then that trailer that I think even had clips from last season in it. 25% reused material. Yeah. And so it's like, where's, where's the hints about, we did get Maria saying a very dramatic line that I loved about, you know, not everything lasts forever. And then, you know, some little hints or whatever, but there's not one clue about what season three, that literally all I know about season three is that there's a time jump because of good COVID stuff. There's a time jump in the beginning and that's all we know. I think I, I'm, I would imagine that a trailer is also a way to get people who have never watched the show to say, oh, a season three, you know, I should go watch, this looks interesting. Maybe I'll catch up and watch when that premieres. If so, they would miss the mark. I mean, there's nothing. Even the scene with the pod squad and howdy partner of all the scenes to give us a, you know, a 30 second to a minute preview of what in the fuck was that? I don't care. The like, most shocking thing was Wyatt and Rosa. And if you hadn't already known who those characters were, it means nothing to you, right? So yeah, I get what you mean, Amanda, yeah. This might be more of a slight against the CW and I haven't been super deeply involved in a fandom, a TV fandom in a long time. Um, it seems that the CW is very dependent on fandom in particular, getting the word out about Roswell. I mean, we, you know, whether it's our podcast or the, the other Roswell podcasts that go on Tumblr and just talking about it on Twitter, they seem very dependent on us just kind of spreading the word about what goes on with Roswell. I don't find out anything about the show from like, and I follow all the official channels. I don't find out there first. I find out from somebody else on Tumblr, on Twitter, on something talking about the show. I mean, before Walker aired and Walker was one of their new shows. And I mean, there's a couple other ones. Like I was seeing ads constantly on Facebook. Cause I thought I, I, I had re- paused like back 10 years ago, like the CW show. And so now like, I always get ads when the new shows are starting and new seasons or whatever. I've seen nothing on Roswell. And like, I there's don't follow nothing. any Instagrams or- No, there's nothing to show. find. There's nothing to see. The trailer- but, Yeah, I- and it was released with no fanfare and no, it's not a trailer. It's just sort of random scenes dumped, you know, th- that don't really make any sense and don't give you any, any information, which I guess is kind of is that it's always a trailer, a trailer but <laughs> not really, but it's yeah. not a trailer where it's enticing you in any way. So our next theme will be representation on the show. Um, So uh, what I wanted to hear from you guys was how do you feel about representation in general so far on the show, the good, the bad, whatever you want to talk about. We'll start with Katie again. I mean, it's got its strengths and its uh, opportunities, I'll say. Um, They're certainly trying. They're trying very hard to represent uh, significant um, significantly underrepresented communities, typically in this type of media, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, again, I think that there's, there is more depth that you could do with that representation as opposed to, I think sometimes you, it feels cheap in the way that it's undertaken. 
Um, or, you know, you have, uh, you have characters say things that then uh, undermine some of that rep representation. I'm thinking specifically of Charlie, um, you know, her, her speech to Liz in the car um, about something, you know, being inherently dangerous if it scares people. So I, I do think that their heart is in the right place. And I think that they're trying. I think some of it is performative. And I think that there's work to be done. Shona? Yes, to what Katie said. Uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but as a bisexual woman, I had a really big problem with the threesome, not only with uh, it being a bisexual man with a gay man and a straight woman, um, but also that it was this uncomfortable thing that played into all these stereotypes. And then what happens? He picks the woman at the end. I, for me, that was a little bit gutting because it was, it again, played into that stereotype that I feel as a bisexual person, I deal with on a regular basis. Um, so that was very bob troublesome to me. That said, I was excited to see uh, such a great trans actor. And, but beyond that, um, I didn't feel like season two did any more for queer rep than I did in season one, just by simply having queer characters. I, um, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about that. So it's unfortunately not very positive, but that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I really loved the queer rep in season two. Like I was, I was really I, happy. I, I feel the same. I feel the same. If that makes you more comfortable to keep talking. I, yeah. I, I feel there's only, there is truly only like two things that I would change. Like overall, I think it's great, especially Isabel. So don't worry, I'm gonna agree with most of what you say. <laughs> yeah, I I really adored, God, is it just Isabel's whole story was just so incredible. And just the way that what happened at Planet Seven played out was like, I've, I've, I've been that girl in that bar and it's just, it just felt so real. And it, like, I was a lot younger when I was doing it, but you know, not not really understanding where you are. And then somebody kind of gives you an open door and it just, like it just clicks into place so immediately. Like, it's like, she went from like, kind of not really sure. And then immediately it was like, this was so much fun. I'm so into this, let's go. And that was me. That was me as a bisexual woman when I was much younger. And I am so excited to see how she began. Cause I mean, her story as a queer woman, about even as a woman was so, so in visceral. Uh, her and Cameron actually. God, the moment when Cameron said, I need a rape kit, I just broke down, <laughs> which is not a queer thing, but like, Wow. Um, and with the threesome, I've been in that position. I've been somebody who um, had a multiple person sexual incident with somebody that I was in love with and my best friend and it all turned out okay. And it actually felt like it kind of represented that for me. I've always been somebody with a very um, casual perspective on sex, which makes a lot more sense now that it came out as ace. But um, it, it felt just like a moment that has happened to me. And it just, the next day, it, you, like, I could smell the air in that junkyard the next day. <laughs> like, it was, that just brought back so many memories for me of like how that morning, the next morning feels. And the, it also just, it, I think that they did a really good job with that episode. I will say prior to the season and prior to that episode, I was like, my Alexa or whatever they fuck my Alexa was a um, trigger, like not trigger, but it was quick for me. I didn't like anyone hear about it. I want to talk about it. But the way that they pulled it off in the episode to me felt just so like real. Like what happened? Like 
you know, you find out that Alex and Maria had, you know, this history as just as, 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 you know, beard. And like, I, people that I've had that with, you know, people that I felt that way about and was able to feel comfortable with this regardless of gender. We obviously have bi, but like, you see that he cares so much for her and that he feels comfortable with her in, in his body. And so when they, when they laid that foundation and you see their friendship, I think that that scene makes so much more sense. Um, and it, and I personally am half convinced that they're, they're building up to a Melissa Endgame because I think that they are still really playing into that Michael and Maria relationship and the Michael and Alex relationship. And I don't think they're letting off on either. I don't think they'll let the gas off at the end of season three on, on, on Maluka at all. Their, their breakup came out of nowhere <laughs> and made no sense. Um, and seemed to do nothing other than to give Michael the Alex or Michael the opportunity to look angsty while Alex sang a song that probably could have happened next season. But I just, I don't know, like, we're all adults. We're all either in our 30s or close to them. And the way that human adults and friends interact and, and feel relationships and, and um, sexual relationships is so fluid, at least in my experience. Like people sleep with people, best friends and this and that, and people forgive each other. And that is also like very subtly laying the groundwork for the idea that you can love more than one person at a time. And I think that that is, for me as somebody who's poly, like, it it was not something I see for on television. You didn't you didn't see it crash. You didn't see it break. You didn't see it break their whole world. Like you just see them walk away, and whatever they're feeling, they're they're functioning the next day. And that's just how I felt about my experiences with it. I think that you see the effects of that situation on the three of their relationship in a really completely unspoken. But if you're looking for it, it's there. It's way, um, especially as you see Michael and Alex. They, they stop fearing showing that they care for each other after that moment. Like they, they show it like completely openly and they, they start, they start being honest with each other after that moment. And it is refreshing because it's, it's hard, to, it's hard to not be honest with somebody that you've had that kind of experience with, I guess. Um, and I'm really excited for what we're going to see with all of them going into the next season. I'm excited about what's going on with Alex and Forrest. I found a really adore Forrest. He's so cute. And I think that, Again, I think that, that that some of the stuff at the end was really forced. Like you just see Alex getting up on stage and singing and now he's kissing this guy. We kind of see him talk to a couple times. But I think that he's a really fun character and I think that the two of them have a lot of chemistry. And, and again, if they're going to be skipping a year, I highly doubt that's like a long-term relationship we're going to be stuck with. But um, I guess we'll see where it goes. But also I just really want to see Isabel kiss more girls. I mean, I just, right? That's what we want. That's really right, like, what I want. Like that's, that's all we want. want. Yeah, but it's not going to be. Wants that. I, I just want to say Isabel awkwardly hit on a woman. That's all I, I mean, just like not being able to figure because I will go to my grave saying the best line of season two is Max, I haven't even told you the lesbian part yet because it's so Honestly, Isabel. The moment that I was like, you know, there's queer people in that writing room is when Blair was like, uh, not you breeder. Cause like, that's me in a bar. Like that is just so funny to me because I just had to have talk. And it's like that, that's not, that's such an insider thing that nobody outside of a community really understands. Um, and it was like, I just, yeah, everything about that whole, that whole episode just made me really happy. I just want to say, I completely forgot that that Isabel situation happened in season two. I was like, in my head, it happened in season one. So the moment you started talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, that happened in season two, not in season one. So that's hilarious. And second of all, I wanted to say, uh, I just wanted to be clear. 
I have no issue with anybody uh, doing whatever they want uh, sexually, oh, no, no, no. but it was also really neat to hear your perspective on it as somebody who comes from it in your way. Whereas I've only ever had negative experiences and assumptions made on me as a bisexual. So it's, it's nice to know that, um, that that's not everybody's experience. So that's where I'm coming from at it. Um, so I actually found uh, what you had to say really interesting and kind of fascinating. So just wanted to say thank you for that. And also from reminding me that Isabel discovered she was bi in season two. <laughs> you know, and we've spent, me and Sarah and Mick have spent a lot of time on the threesome. Um, and so, you know, uh, our opinions on it are well known. I'm, I'm glad that there's a different perspective. That's awesome. How is that? That's of course, that's what, that's the whole point of having you guys on the podcast. Um, I would only say for me personally, in the way that I interact with the show, I would disagree that the show has set it up so that there was a fluid sexuality from Alex specifically, not to say that he couldn't obviously fluid sexuality is, you know, but we have, other than we've seen him struggle with coming out publicly, obviously that has been an underlying thread since the beginning and since he was a teenager. Um, and I said it in the episode recap after the threesome aired that this would have been a lot different for me if we had been, if this had started like dropping the thread of this from the very beginning, which I personally do not think that they have with him and Maria. I think they did. I would agree they, The thread sort of started with 205, right? With that conversation in the car and to me that's not enough to to sort of justify what is for me a squicky um scene and one that makes me like viscerally uncomfortable that i cannot watch it i feel my my skin gets really hot i feel very uncomfortable and that is very different for everyone and that's okay i don't whatever everyone sees something different in it um, I'm not so much worried about the sort of bi stereotypes of it because this, this does kind of fit with who Garen is. It's not out of the realm of, you know, this is very Garen. To me, what kind of really changes the entire scene is the look on all of their faces afterwards. I don't think they look happy. I don't think they look um, like this was a good choice. I think that Alex's face when he walks away is not, and maybe the intention was to make it look like relief or what all of those things I think he looks devastated Maria looks devastated um I it, the, the after direct after effect of it is not the sort of calm self-realization moment that I think that was their intention and what kind of did it ruin it is and, and death of the author is my is my jam I don't really care what the actors and what the showrunner said unfortunately some of the comments that Heather made afterwards made me really uncomfortable and again I wish that I had never seen them and I wish that I had never interacted with them because that also ruins the scene for me and unintentionally and it, because I shouldn't because the author's dead doesn't matter what's going on but now that's in my head so if I watch that scene again that's what I, that's all I can think of. That's all I can see. I think, um, um, I think uh, Amanda, like you said, though, I think even take away what Heather said, I think it's contextualized in that scene with, uh, with Maria and Michael in the trailer after where she's looking really worried because she thinks he's going to go after Alex. Like there wasn't, I get what you mean, Tracy, about like the, like everybody's, we're adults and it's like, I've had casual 
casual sexual uh, encounters with people and it's fine like you know as long as that's what it was from the beginning and I think there's this emotional thread for all three of them that pulls through that scene that makes it so so far away from casual um, that kind of I can't move past it in my own mind um, and I think you get that on just the look on her face uh, while she's waiting for Michael to come back in the trailer the relief when he's like staying with her kind of thing um, so yeah so I absolutely I agree with that and I think that one of the things you really see is that you know again they don't really feel that good about it afterwards um, but I don't think that they're, they're they 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 were trying to give that impression I think that I mean in my situation like from my own experiences, like the next morning was really fucking confusing because we were all really drunk and a lot of emotions were running really high between everybody that was involved. And it took a long time to sort through them. And I think the one thing that we're really robbed of in season two that we needed was a conversation between the three of them about what happened. And yes. we never got that because- Hallelujah. And even, even we never see a conversation with Marina and Alex about it. We never see a conversation outside of the trailer kind of thing that happened the next morning between Michael and Alex about it. And we never really see a conversation beyond, I thought you were going to go after him between Michael and Maria about it. And I think all those, all three, or all four conversations needed to have happened um, on screen for that scene to have had the full um, support that it needed. And I absolutely yep. agree that the thread of, Michael and or, um, Alex and Maria having this possible romantic relationship is not touched on at all until episode five. You know, they're, they're, they're good friends. However, I want to challenge what you said about they've never hinted that Alex's sexuality was fluid. I don't think that they have still. I don't think that we, I don't think that somebody engaging in a, a sexual act with somebody is necessarily an indication that their sexuality is fluid. I think that he and Maria have a very strong um, emotional bond and I don't think that you necessarily need to have a sexual bond, even if there are times when you can engage in sexual acts together, that you need to you need to be sexually attracted to that person. And I, I think, think it's a little see that Alex I think is, it's a little dicey to have a gay man sleep with a woman in the way that they had him do it, where it, it treads the line of being homophobic for me because of because of that. Does that make okay. sense? Like from it it feels because I think sexuality is fluid. There are gay men mm -hmm. who have slept with, of course. The, any scenario that you can come up with there are people that identify that sexually yeah but because we didn't get that it it, it that's where it feels dicey to me because we mm -hmm. you're from everything that we know about Alex he identifies as a gay man and that's what he calls himself and that he's coming to terms with that coming out to other people but seems to be pretty certain about it himself has said it multiple times so to then not and I think I've said it a million times, you take that idea and on a show where you have a lot of episodes and it's really deeply, really well written, that could be beautiful of, you know, talking about the fluidity of sexuality and how it works as you get older and you, you know, all of that would have worked beautifully. If this were a storyline on like an HBO show that had multiple arcs and good writing and really in depth talking about sexuality, I think that, I would have no problem with it. I have no problem with polyamory, which is not what I think it is anyway yet, but I have no problem with any of that. My problem is, is always going to be with no lead up, it becomes cheap and it becomes yeah. shock factor, which is, that's where it gets weird for me. It's not necessarily yeah. the existence. And I agree with that. I will say, I think that they did a good job of establishing that, and I guess I'm gonna 
preface this with, I do think that my, I'm, I'm feeling it a lot in my head with that scene, because I think that I picture that as more of an, a physically intimate moment for Alex and Maria, and not necessarily a physically sexual moment for the two of them. But again, that's filling things in my head that we don't see on screen. We don't get to see what happens after they're kissing. Um, and I, I agree with what you were saying about the, the buildup, because yeah, it does, it does come out of nowhere in those two, again, the whole lead up with, I still agree, the whole lead up with the twins and that, that building that like situation. And of course, so we don't see the hour and a half drive back that they had to have in that truck. We just see them back at the trailer or at the Airstream and that you miss a lot of time and a lot of things you need to have to make that, to make that make sense to somebody who is probably monogamous, you know, like as somebody who is poly, like I absolutely, absolutely makes all sense to me. Like, and I have been physically intimate with somebody that I was not sexual with. Um, and I absolutely can have relationships, you know, like I, I have the capacity to have relationships with the people that are not in any way sexual while still feeling intimate with a person. And so I think the scene really highlights those aspects of representation that I don't think we see in other places. Now, granted, um, now that I've been staying in Michigan with my parents and watching all the television shows they watch, I see a lot more diversity and a lot more representation in other television shows than I thought. And so I don't think that Roswell stands out as much as I thought it did prior to kind of see, seeing more without there, what's out there, but I still haven't seen an actual on-screen threesome. Um, it's something you don't see. And I do think that there was a lot more they could have done to it, but it all made sense to somebody that I think that it was written for, which is somebody like me. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it just happened to fit into all of my little niches, but. And, well, and, as, and, and, and it doesn't, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Sarah. You, you go next, but I think, my problem is, again, it's not the idea of a threesome. I don't, you know, I don't care. And of course, in the, in the shipping sense, I am the person that's, you know, not going to love it from a shipper sense. I don't, but that doesn't really matter. That's just, you know, sort of fandom idea about it. But I very rarely feel so uncomfortable in scenes and TV shows that I can't watch them. I watch very graphic <laughs> shows that I don't have a problem with watching. So it's, telling to me that if I take this sort of shipper sense out of it how uncomfortable I am to watch it and that I, it, it, it still blows my mind with how and then maybe it's things within myself I have to confront I don't know but I think it's just in a different show this could have been handled in a way that I would have been a lot more comfortable with and it wouldn't be such a like sort of squicky thing so again you know I, I, don't, I wouldn't even say that it's out of character for any of these characters, really. I mean, they're all sort of deeply connected with one another and have been for so long. It's just, and I, it would have been a kind of cool to see a, a string starting from the very beginning. And But the, key, the probably the key part of it is the lack of Maria and Alex that we ever really got. That's probably Absolutely. maybe where the, the ball was sort of dropped for me because we were told they're best friends we're told all of these things, but we really didn't, we had very few scenes um, before then. So it's really interesting to me, Chasing, to hear your perspective. Like, I, like I've seen like your posts on Tumblr and stuff, but like to hear it in detail is really interesting for me as someone who also identifies as Polly, but has the exact opposite opinion of that threesome. It's really interesting to me to see how people interpret that scene. I feel like out of any scene, of the last two seasons that's the scene that everyone has an opinion on negative positive whatever and for me I don't have a problem with that scene in general I have a problem like everybody has said with how 
it, it played out like before, during, and after, because before, you know, like Amanda said, we have had a lack of Maria and Alex. We had that really awkward scene in the, in the truck and where he's like talking about like, you know, he, he wanted to, to be with Maria, whatever he said in that scene. And it's just, it's very, my issue comes down to, to the way it played out. Because for me, you have that after, you have that aftermath scene. And if we had had a scene of the three of them, the morning after that was just kind of soft, that they were like smiling and comfortable, like, Hey, this happened. And it was a moment of connection and it, it means whatever we want it to mean. And then when we moved on, like, I think I would have been more okay with it, but we had those two really, really awkward scenes of conversations between Michael and Alex and the conversation between Michael and Maria. And then it's never mentioned again. It just felt like they, again, they did it for the sake of having that in there. Like, oh, look, we had a threesome. Look at that representation and diversity. And I get what they were trying to do. It just didn't hit the mark. I would just say I agree. And I think for me, I'm also banking on there being more to that, those three's relationship, whether they're together or not in season three, because I, I agree because they did, they did leave it. Like you see after the morning, Michael and Alex have that one conversation. And, and I really, like the Maria dumping Michael thing comes so out of left field at the end of the season. Like I remember asking a friend before I watched it, like how the season ended. I was like, well, did, did my Luca end up together? And there, there was a kind of pause and like that, 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 no, actually. And I was like, okay, but all of the gay sex scenes are happily, like how did that even happen? And it just did like it just out of complete nowhere. Um, and all, and all of a sudden she's like, somebody could love you better. And it's like, where the fuck did Alex come from in this? You two have never discussed Alex other than just after that scene, you went and you just like went and tried to save both of them. Like there was this whole drama, dramatic thing. And all of a sudden you've decided that like, you can't love, you know, my, you can't give Michael what Alex can for some fucking reason. It just makes no sense to me. And yeah, I think I, I am banking on there being more follow through for the three of them about what happened later on, I will say like that what happened when I, when, when I went through it, we didn't talk about it for months. Like it was something that kind of happened and it was just kind of this awkward thing because it, it like in the moment it was like what was happening and what we're doing. But the next day it's like, what the hell happened? And we're trying, you know, like it, I, I think we, I think the audience and the characters deserve those conversations. Um, and if we don't get them, I'm gonna like a lot of what, what I've been talking about is worthless. And I think that, I don't think that we will, because I think that now it, it wasn't introduced, it, I mean, it wasn't addressed through the rest of the season. Now we're jumping a year ahead. So you're saying that this is at least, let's at least a year, but longer between when this happened and, and where the characters are going to be when the season starts. I don't, I, I have no hopes that it will be addressed. If it was, if it was, I think I might, it might change my opinion on the, on the threesome, if it was addressed, but I don't think it will be. Um, I think I'm most most thankful for the fact that do you remember when Karina talked about the sex pollen idea, having that sort of in the season and that episode specifically? I am just mostly I think that's what I'm most thank thankful for that that's not a thing and doesn't look like it's going to be a thing because then I think it would become something unforgivable for me in terms of like talking about consent and all of that. So at the very least, even if what we're left with is what we have and then they never follow through, it's fine. I mean, it was a, it was a thing that I didn't like 
can easily move on from in terms of, I don't think harshly, you know, it's over, it's fine. I think bringing it up this long after during a time jump depends on why you're bringing it up really. I mean, are we, I don't know, what are we going to do with it? Are they, are they, were we having a conversation? Are we, are we making jokes about it? Because I don't know that I would be super comfortable, you know, but are we having an actual conversation about it? Eh, maybe, maybe it can, you know, maybe that would be okay. It just sort of depends on why bringing it up, what it, what it accomplishes. Um, I don't personally see them building up to them as sort of like an end game, even though I hate that word, as sort of building up for the three of them. Um, but I mean, it's Roswell. I could be surprised tomorrow. Who knows? But I think it, bringing it up again is a real kind of thin ice situation. <laughs> I um I like I wanted to bring up Alex because I think it's so yeah. it's so cheap that they just took Jesse out at the end of the season like that. Like it was just so stupid. Um, and that is like such a factor in Alex's coming out and Alex's like his queer storyline. You know, like it really is. And for that to happen, like what is there? what is there for Alex to do going forward and how is he going to be able to like, I don't know. I, I also, I am very frustrated because I think there was so much of the Alex we saw in season one that we didn't get to see at all in season two. Like it was just gone. Like Alex from uh, 108, where the fuck was he? Exactly. The the, the passion, the uh, grit, the um, that sort of, you know, I'm, you're gonna fucking listen to me like attitude, like really being the man that up. yelled at his father and said, like, don't talk to me about, you know, violence. Like, where the fuck was that man? I never once saw him in season two. Yeah, I completely agree. And killing off Jesse was then what was the point of Alex? I don't know. I would think that would be a key part of Alex becoming more comfortable with himself would be to keep Jesse around, not to redeem Jesse, but to have Alex in spite of the existence of his father yes. be comfortable and do all of these things well now you've killed that so it just felt like damn it like he could have it could have season three could have been he could have been the villain the whole time and it could have been something that Alex really you know made peace with and, and existed in spite of his father and existed within like his queerness and like being comfortable with it that was the only one of the reasons I don't want I didn't want Jesse to die at all. And it was so dumb. He's such a good villain. It was such a his he existence was a fantastic really. Villain. I know. Um, and I want to hear what everyone else has to think say about this, but I'm really I'm really like upset about the fact that they kind of stole so much of the storyline from Alex this season by giving it to Greg. And we have no idea if Greg is an older or younger sibling. We have no idea um you know what we what we have we have no we have not not a, not a single flashback of him ever having witnessed Alex having not, not that we're going to see that, but like feel like they could show us something from the childhood maybe the conversation after it happened even if it's not an actual scene of violence like give us something from the childhood to make us give a shit about Greg because I mean he's cute he's charming he's got a great story but like he pins all of Alex's storyline in my opinion I was just gonna say I think if you again it's one of these things where if you had done the investment of the storyline in a in a way in such a way where you could have tied him in uh, throughout the season a little bit better and lost some of these auxiliary storylines or 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 moments that maybe didn't um, flow in with the rest quite as well. If you had pared it down and you had really kind of put them in, in in a way that made sense, it wouldn't feel so much like he's taking away something from Alex because he would have been there to prop up Alex in effect. Um, and that would have been a lot more uh, satisfying. Well, we would have seen that Greg actually had a stake in taking out Jesse which we never once saw. 
But at the same time, uh, just to play devil's advocate a little bit here, uh, I really felt just from the little bit that we had with uh, him, with the brothers together, where he said, you know, like I, all the things he wish he'd done differently. I allowed myself to expand on that as you kind of have to within this show. And I felt like finally somebody in his family was standing up for him and was there for him and, and took the brunt of it. Um, could it have been as rich? Uh, could it have been richer? Could it have been more emotionally fulfilling? All of those things, of course, but every situation on that, on this show could be right. So um, the simple fact that we even got to meet his brother before it happened was kind of a bonus really. I love the main family as like a, as kind of a corner of a story to dig into a little bit more. And so I do hope that you see him, I'm dying to see his mother more. Like I just am really hoping that they don't just say, okay, well he was convenient for the plot and now we'll drop him completely. I completely agree with you. It would be nice to dive more into him having a family. Cause just like Michael, Alex didn't really have a family. Well, and I think it'll be interesting for diving into more of the long story to get to actually, cause I mean, the longs are history of this, you know, of this town. And so now we actually have an emotional stake in the family. I just don't know if I want to meet another evil brother. <laughs> like I just I don't know. want to be, I, I, I don't know if I can handle one more like evil mains family member. I don't think, I think the mother is, uh, you know, could be such a rich, avenue because we're talking about are we talking about a larger abuse situation you know why did she leave or how did she leave or kind of that situation that could be really good um or it could be horrifically offensive I guess we're just going to roll the dice on how we're going to sort of explore that but I, I I almost feel like it would be exhausting if we met Clayton is that his name if we met the other brother or Clay but yeah Clay yeah I don't know where Clayton came from but Clay um if he is another like Flint, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that would add anything really to the story. Like we get it. There were like shitty mains men, like we get it. Um, or if we're going to get sort of a, a, a more, a richer character, that's going to finally be um, like a consistent character to help boost Alex. You know, I don't, I, I'm trying, I'm interested now that Jesse's dead, where we're going to go with the mains family, because if they'd kept him alive, that Maine's family really could have been the thread that existed from the very beginning all the way to the very end. So where do we go now that the main guy, the main patriarch of the family and the whole sort of face of the Maine's family um, is gone. So well, they've shifted, shifted the entire center of conflict in the family now. Exactly. It went from being a, I mean, a, a delusionally warped idea of, of aliens but also this this homophobia that was entrenched in in alex's understanding and relationship to his family and now you just you've taken out all of that and so now you still have this conflict between the brothers but it, it it's entirely different and so yeah it'll be interesting to see if they actually dive into that in a complex way it'll be interesting too if because uh, the assumption is is that alex's mother left because of the father that's the assumption and now that the father is gone the longer she stays away, what does that say about her in relationship with her sons and all that kind of stuff? So I hope that that's something that um, that they dive into. Because they're in communication. Actress. Alex, are talked they? Talked to his mother in season one. He said in episode eight, I talked to mom. Okay, they mentioned in season two, actually. I, I can't remember which conversation it was, but it was about her leaving and her leaving him. And then I think 
one of them mentioned, well, she didn't mean she had to leave her four kids too um, in that situation. So I think I, but he also said that Jesse didn't hit the other kids. So I, I, I would imagine he probably didn't hit his wife. So it's, yeah, we have no idea what's going on with that family. Yeah, yeah. so it's, I'm confused. You know, I'm, I'm most intrigued to find out why she left or what was the reasoning. Is she going to be like a Helena you know, or is it going to be more of a, I don't know. I, I think she's the greatest mystery of season three. Um, and one that I'm most like optimistically excited for. Um, Cause I think there's a lot there, um, especially because I'd like to get back to the Alex that we all know and love. And I'd like to get back to some heart and some grit and some character like at all. <laughs> like I, you know, I still love Alex. I still think, you know, he is obviously one of the reasons that I watch the show, but it is, I miss, I miss the snarky Alex. I miss the sort of figuring himself out slightly tortured Alex that is coming to terms with things. And maybe the existence of like his mother coming onto the scene would bring some of that back. I really hope so. Yeah. I just like, I mean, the moment that I fell in love with Alex was when he bitched at Liz um about not being not being a good friend of maria like that was the first moment that i was like oh he has some fucking depth okay like and then i just feel like we just don't see any of like yeah his like sarcasm outside of like a one-off comments but we just never really see his fire in season two i mean i'm sure but like i don't know i just it he spends so much of season two um in repetitive scenes over and over again yeah (laughs) i mean truly it's the Alex and Michael scenes. We had the same scene 19 times really is what it felt like. Um, so he became this sort of, and please God, I'm going to get murdered, but he became this sort of like whiny guy sort of pining after, I don't know. I don't know how to really to explain it, but I don't know that I thought he was whiny. I just felt he was like, I don't know. Like we're always sort of waiting for him to show it here what it is. It felt like he was almost emotionless. Like you're almost waiting for him to show an emotion, it, really like an like a very like expressive. And all he felt very repressed and sort of holding it all in, which is I, not the Alex I thought we were getting. Like I, it almost feels like a regression, like that that was who he was, and he had sort of moved past that in season one. And I don't know if season I don't know why it felt it feels like he looks different. He sort of acts different. It feels I don't know. I, there's just some like a backbone. The thing is, is that, and so this is how I look at it. If my love of my life started dating my best friend, you better believe I'm going to repress a lot of stuff if I've got to be around those people consistently. And of course, so he he couldn't be himself because he he just had to hold everything together. So that's where I came from with it. So, but I also want to say one of my favorite scenes in the season was when... Uh, Alan and Michael were in the, the you know, the underground bunker. thing. Thank you. <laughs> that word. Uh, we're in the bunker when, you know, Michael was saying what he was saying, you know, um, I can't remember specifically, but Alex finally snapped back at him and he finally was like, look, I get it. You don't want to be with me, but you don't get to tell me that I, I'm too much of something. I'm me. You don't want that. Fine. But stop now. Because it felt like the whole season, Michael was trying to goad Alex to be Alex. I get that. That's how that's how they work. And Alex wasn't biting. And that's what Michael was trying to do. He was poking him and poking him and poking him and poking him and going, give me Alex. And he was like, no, you don't get Alex. You have Maria. And then finally in that moment, 
Alex snapped back and you could see Michael be like, oh, there he is. Um, and I think that was the whole point of the season was they're so intrinsic, I think, to each other that they can't really be themselves without the other one. And so anyway, that that was my opinion on the season. And that's why I look forward to next season, because I think we're going to get Alex discovering how to be Alex without Michael. Because Michael got that experience. Michael got to experience figuring out who he was without Alex. And now it's Alex's turn to do that or was because it's a year is going to have passed. So we're probably not going to see it. Yeah, I'm most interested to see the forest of it all because um, mm-hmm. I think Forrest is a boring character, but that's only because we don't—we only know him as Nazi guy. We don't really know him. There's—he's nothing but potential ahead, you know. Um, so I'm interested to see how they handle uh, the sort of time jump because are we going to make the assumption that Alex and Forrest have been together for a year? That would be weird, right? We don't really have that sort of foundation, you know. They, you know, yeah. went on one date that ended weirdly where Forrest was sort of goading Alex into coming out and his version of coming out I'm still bitter about it it's fine um but then one awkward date and then a kiss in a bar so I'm interested to see but we know he the actor is filming so he's obviously in it so how does that that's what I'm I'm interested in this time jump is really fucking with me so the question is is will we see the forest for the trees oh god not very funny and I'm happy I'll stop talking now oh my god um I I mean one thing I'll say about season three in this time jump I know nothing about it I've seen no spoilers but they Steve Roswell utilizes um flashbacks quite quite often and I I don't think that we're just gonna miss a year of of content I think we're probably gonna miss a lot of things we wish we would have seen but I don't think we're gonna miss an entirely year of their lives and if we're seeing them them filming, it's very possible that a lot of what we're filming, they're seeing is something that happened during that year that we're gonna get later. Oh yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if it was just like, okay, well, it's a year later, here we go. Like that would be that would be m- more like weirder than anything. So I would imagine, um, I, I, I would be shocked if Forrest is in more than like the first two episodes. I would be a- absolutely shocked um, if he became sort of, um, more important in season two. I, I think he's fulfilling a sort of role that he's there to fulfill. He's sort of, you know, with the hair, he's, he's you know, he's young Alex, but as an adult, right? Um, and so, and that's fine. That's a great, that's a great role to inhibit, you know, inhabit, but I don't know that I would be surprised if it became more than that, if there was really any depth to that. I think he's sort of already fulfilled um, kind of what he was there to do. I don't know, there's just really not a whole lot there. Yes and no, because it made me think Alex has never had a relationship. He's even said that. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, I also don't anticipate them having been together for a year, but they could also, I mean, they also do a lot of things we don't think they're going to do. So they could very well be like, this is, we want, we want Alex to have an entire relationship before we just stick him with Michael. You know, like they want to see that. I definitely think they'll, they'll be, they'll have, they'll date. I'm sure that we'll see that. I, again, I think it would just shock me if it was like a longer term part of the season or if it's going to be, you know, we see, you know, a couple of scenes of them in the first couple of episodes. I, it it de- entirely is possible that he's there for longer in the season. It would just surprise me. And, it, and maybe even in a good way, like show me if anything that develops the characters that I love the most, let's do it. You know, if it gives me some depth to Alex and some, um, gives me some of his fire back then I'm happy, then let's do it. You know, whatever, I'm, I'm fine with that. 
Okay, I just just before we move on to the next topic, I just want to hear guys opinion on Isabel for season three, because we've talked about it um, between us. Um, but I, I really want to hear your thoughts on Isabel for, se for season three, what you think is gonna look like in season three, what your hopes are, if you think she's gonna have a relationship. I hope that we see her more with everybody. I hope that she gets more friendships and different friendships as well. Like we've talked about this a lot in the past, but I hope that she has interactions with Alex, with Kyle, with uh, more certainly with, uh, with the people that we're used to seeing her with Michael and Liz and, and that type of thing as well. But um, I'm not so invested in her and Rosa. I think I could leave that where it is, to be honest, but um, I would certainly like to see her, uh, you know, a little bit more depth to maybe the, the um, fluidity of her sexuality and what's going on there. So I would like to see um, her have a little more uh, conversations about that or, or explore that a little bit. Um, and then I think just tie her into the stories in a little bit more. I think sometimes they treat Isabel like comic relief at times where I think she's got a lot of potential to be to be brought in in a more serious way. Um, for me with Isabel, I, pretty much everything Katie said, I completely agree uh, with everything that she said. I really enjoy Isabel as this strong, confident uh, female character. I like the touches of vulnerability that we got in the second season and I would like to see more of that um, in whatever aspect that is and the same with her sexuality I think as long as it makes sense for her character then I, I would be happy to see it whether she decides to pursue a relationship not pursue a relationship um, be a freak on a leash whatever she wants to do um, I, I'm happy to see it because I'd just be happy with her having more of her own story instead of being so tied to Michael and Max's, who seem to be the two main characters. Uh, it's either always about protecting her or her protecting them. So yeah, um, I actually look forward to it. And I think that, again, that episode uh, where she uh, where they went to the reservation and she looks so much like her mother was the most beautiful cinematography I've ever seen. She was stunning. Uh, so it would be nice to see more of her softer side instead of her always being so harsh. Um, yeah, Isabel is my best actual queen. I love her so much. Um, it was funny because when I first went, the very first episode, I didn't like her that much. And then she just kind of grew. And I think actually in season two, outside of Liz, who I think had a really robust and beautiful storyline, Liz or Isabel had some of the most like visceral character development that we see out of everybody. I mean, uh, Max too, I think Max Max went through a lot of interesting character moments, but Isabel just like, we see her so stripped down this season. We see that, we see behind the separate mask. We really see Isabel trying to figure out who she is and, and relishing in these new things that she finds out about herself. She finds out she likes women and she's just, it's absolute joy. And it's so, it's so, it's so nice to see somebody so unconflicted about their sexuality once it gets more complicated. She just completely embraces it. And it is beautiful. And it is so nice to see that on screen from somebody who does look so much like a separate wife. <laughs> like, um, and she, she finds humor in it. And yeah, I, I do think that there is a lot of humor in her story in season two, but yeah, like the discussions with Michael and like, 
um, and the discussions about her mom and figuring out her history and how much like that that whole scene where she's discussing wanting to be enough for what her mom sacrificed was some of the best like writing and acting that I've seen on the show and I am so excited to see Isabel begin to date and begin to find who she is outside of trying to look human which she's doing her entire life and I think we're going to see a lot of queer content from Isabel this next season and I'm so excited for that obviously anything she does with queer content but it I expect that we'll see women. I expect that we'll see bars. I think I think we're going to spend a lot of time in Planet Seven next season, and I am so here for it. Give me all the glitter. Um, so, um, absolutely. That is, I'm just I'm just excited to see a, a really happy bisexual woman on a television show. That there's just no angst about it. I mean, there's I mean, there's there's she has so much angst in her history that I just I love to see her so happy to be queer. Like that just makes me so happy. Well, and just the like giddiness that she, you could feel it after when talking to Max was just, it's so her and just so mm-hmm. light and, and, you know, she deserves, well, and there are lots of people that feel conflicted about Isabel, understandably. I think she's, a, she's a, um, she's such a great character. I mean, she's got so, she's got things in her history that you could easily dislike. I mean, she was a, a bitch for a long time as a defense mechanism and that's you know um but I think seeing her like at the the fire when she found out she was pregnant and that whole scene with Maria and her mother um I really loved the way that Lily acted her and that it was very subtle it was this sort of fear of you could tell from the conversation that she had with Max afterwards that she did want to be a mother at some point And now she's having to kind of come to grips with this isn't probably the way that she's going to become a mother. This isn't, she's more afraid um, than she is excited about it. And that sort of fear plays on her face. And it was just a a subtle way of of giving her some depth that I really, really enjoyed. Um, Even the abortion aside, um, because I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm, not necessarily love the way that it was done in, in that episode, but I am glad that some of the conversations that she had surrounding it. Like I'm not, you know, I, I think it could have been handled a little bit differently and sort of acknowledging some privilege that was there. But um, if we sort of take that out of it, um, that was really sort of a beautiful moment for Isabel because of the way that the show works and it does sort of move so quickly. It does seem like she, um, moved on from it very quickly and we saw uh, you know like a happier Isabel the minute that it was over but you do sort of understand that probably a huge weight was lifted and now we can she can truly start moving on from Noah in a way that maybe she thought she was doing then found out that she was pregnant and like I can't get away from this guy like I can't you know and so you do see the latter part after the abortion episode where she does seem like a lighter version of herself and that's all and I hope that we get to see some of that again. Okay, so our last um, theme would be all Shauna's. I have no like I have no opinions on it. I don't know if you guys have any, any opinions on it, but it's religious symbolism, which is very interesting. I, I did read through your notes. It's very interesting stuff. It's funny. This kind of started as a joke uh, with between me and Amanda one day we were talking about the podcast and about how her in-laws wanted to listen to it. 
And I was like, I can make it a Christian podcast. And then I started pulling all these things from my history of being raised uh, in the church for the you know first 10 years of my life. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I couldn't stop seeing it. Um, so I don't know anybody's uh, experiences with religion or faith or any of those sort of things. I personally do not believe in those things, but to an extent. So um, the big thing, obviously, is the three. Um, when it comes to uh, most Christianity, there's the belief in the Trinity, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're all God, but they're also separate. Um, so obviously, we have our three main characters. We have Max, we have Isabel, and we have Michael. So when I looked at the three different factors of um, the Trinity and applied them to the three main characters, I really, I mean, first of all, we have Jesus. Most people know the symbolism of Jesus. He's the son of God. He uh, is a healer. He's a prophet. He is crucified and ra raised again from the dead. Well, I mean, that's literally everything Max has done on the show. So that's not like a hard reach at all. I mean, even when uh, Noah quote unquote kills him, he makes the sign of a cross as he's suspended in the air. And I was like, well, that's a little on the nose, but okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I don't think you had to try that hard, but um, Isabel for me though, um, I really connect with the whole idea of her being that aspect of the Holy Spirit, which is more along the lines of not what you see when it comes to God, but what you feel. Um, and the idea of, you know, the messages God gives you in your head. And that's really what Isabel is about. It's just, she's really all, and that's something that she works so much on this season was focusing her powers and learning more about herself in that aspect. So I really see that aspect of her becoming more and more important as uh, the show progresses. This one I thought was really, really funny because I was like, oh, they're going to love this. God because you say the father, father is God. They're all God. I know it's a funny thing to say. They're, the Trinity is God, but then there's God. And God reaches out to others through um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, and is separate in a way from, from humans and from people. And that's Michael. Michael, um, he's so connected to Isabel and Max and that they are his whole world but he doesn't connect to anybody else unless it's through them. Uh, so I found that to be very uh, symbolic. So of course, because Michael's name is Michael, I always think Arch Archangel Michael, right? Cause that was, that, that was the first thing I was gonna connect. I was like, that's totally what it is. And the more I read about the Archangel Michael, the more I felt Alex. And the reason I say that is um, he is actually considered to be he's the leader of God's army. Uh, so he is the number one man when it comes to, uh, and he is actually the one that sends uh, Satan back to hell in the book of Revelation. So it's not actually God that defeats Satan, but the archangel Michael. Um, and I really felt that that really spoke to Alex, not just because he is a warrior and everything like that, but wouldn't it make sense that you have this show focused around all these quote unquote aliens and then who would be the one that would save them in the end would it to be have it be a human would be so would just be disabled phenomenal. human yeah. disabled human exactly i think that that would be fascinating so i really 
Um, and I'm not trying, sorry, I know I'm talking about this a lot, so I'll, I'll try to condense more. Um, and then the two other things that really stuck out to me were Liz as Mary Magdalene. And depending on what you believe, um, some people believe this, some people don't, that Mary Magdalene was actually Jesus's wife. Uh, she was a prostitute who uh, gave up that life to follow Jesus. And, you know, people used to spit on her and stuff like that. But Jesus was, you know, this amazing person and adored her and accepted her and loved her just as she was. And I thought it was a really interesting parallel because it made me think of Liz in the sense that Liz is this, um, you know, Hispanic woman who is independent and strong and takes care of herself. And, you know, we, the way we see the word prostitute, unfortunately, uh, is not the way that I think we should as a society, because it is a woman using her born gifts for independence. Um, obviously, there's different situations around that. So I really kind of felt like I could really see that. And then Mary Magdalene came into her own because of uh, of Jesus and, and became one of his uh, biggest followers and uh, had a big part to play in, in the religious dichotomy of all that. And then last, but certainly not least, Mary, uh, who obviously is the mother of Jesus. And so, and I think it's quite interesting that we've met the other mothers. We haven't met Max's yet. So it'll be quite interesting to see what role his mother will play because in essence, when it comes to religion, uh, who's worship? God, Jesus, and Jesus's mother. So it'll be quite interesting to see how all those factors play together. Um, so that's just what I see as somebody who grew up in the church and uh, sees the parallels and I could just be blowing smoke up everybody's ass, who knows? Um, I grew up in no church whatsoever <laughs> and I'm like mind fucking blown right now because I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? But, and not in a bad way, but in okay. like a, I would have literally never in a million years thought about this. And, and I, and I don't, religious symbolism is everywhere. I mean, in, you know, and I miss out on a lot of that because I have no idea <clears throat> what any of it means. Um, you know, my parents gave me like no understanding of it, but I think the most important thing that you put in your notes was that sort of idea of resurrection, which is so key to Roswell. I mean, the idea of, um, the, not only the physical act of resurrecting people, but the sort of ethical ramifications of what that means. Um, I, I'm like the idea of Max's Jesus is fucking hilarious it, and also realistic. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like mind blown. Um, I definitely think that there's something there. I think the strongest thing that you said was talking about Alex and the, uh, the arc angle. angle. Yep, went to, I went to college. <laughs> um, and talking about sort of the religious symbolism of Alex, I think that's really, really key that I truly never would have seen in any way possible. Or putting all three aliens into this sort of these roles. Um, I don't think that you, you can be wrong. I think this is a great interpretation. And I'm, I think a lot of people would connect with this. I wish I knew more. The one other thing I want to say too, and, I, and this might be another thing that was so on the nose was Noah and Noah being Satan. Uh, the Satan was the angel that chose to fall instead of following God. So he chose to fall to earth and into hell uh, and became obsessed with power, which again are all things. This is all things. And that's the thing, the fight of Satan versus Jesus, which was basically like Max versus Noah. But I also think it'll be interesting if we see more of Noah again, uh, because 
uh, Satan is so deceptive, right? And this whole sneaky kind of thing around. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see as the seasons play out, if I'll see any more things or if it'll it'll confirm or deny. I wasn't sure if you guys were all just going to look at me like I was crazy. <laughs> well, no, because if you think of it in terms of this lens, and if you think of it in terms of religion, then it changes two very important scenes, right? So it changes the death of Noah and that sort of Thor lightning, very intense scene it sort of makes it even more powerful when you think of it in terms of this like clash between, you know, good and evil, heaven and hell, whatever. Um, then it, it brings on this sort of like biblical feel. And also the whole, we get a glimpse into this sort of evil Max or what he represents like to, you know what I mean? Like that whole like creepy scene on like the spaceship and we're learning that Max is not who we think he is. And all of that sort of changes when you look at it and through the lens of Christianity. And I am very intrigued. Well, look at it this way. Jesus died on the cross to save others from their sins. And Max died resurrecting Rosa. So it's all on the nose, man. It's all on the nose. Yeah. And I would say like, it's really interesting to me, especially the uh, Liz and Mary Magdalene, because I mean, she specifically, she specifically said that she's been spit on. And, you know, she's been treated like shit because of the, uh, the ideas in her profession. And um, she, Mary Magdalene stood by, like she was, she did not hold her head in shame when she was being treated that way. She was someone who was very proud of who she was. And I think that what we get from the story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene is, if I'm remembering my history a lot, but um, <laughs> is that Mary was never ashamed of who she was. Um, and she was able to become this figure because not, not because of Jesus, but because he believed in her. Um, and and that's what we see with Liz. She's not, she's not successful because of Max, but she's being given opportunities, um, to, to learn things because of her interactions and her, her relationship to him. She's being able to do these things with alien DNA. And she's also, you know, engaging in this extreme moral dilemma between saving millions of lives and potentially exposing these three people that have done nothing wrong. I mean, I should not say that they did a lot wrong, but these three people who are flawed, but still human and who do not deserve to be treated like science experiments. Um, and it's just so interesting because if we all, if we, you know, again, there are a lot of interpretations of who Mary Magdalene is and whether she's a feminist icon or sinner and these things. And, you know, the idea of sin comes up a lot with Liz as well and a lot with her story. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I love this, this, this theory. I love it. I think it's really great. I'm really excited to see, because I mean, it takes some, some, a really, really strong vagina to kill off your main character, one of your main characters at the end of a season and leave him dead. And like, I love that they made the, the rest of the characters work for it. They, they took the concept of Christianity and they put science to it. If we're going to bring this person back, we are going to do it in a way that scientifically makes pseudo sense in a CW television show. Like they, <laughs> they gave you enough science that you think, you think that it, like they say enough buzzwords that the average human can understand that they make it seem very realistically scientific. And it's like, it, it's all bullshit, but it's so cool how well they play it off. Um, and how they they present this extremely complex moral dilemma to our main character. And I think how she's going to deal with that is going to be critical in season three. I mean, we have a year and we know what she's doing with Jenner X. Like this is, 
this is going to be so interesting to see because I think I mean I don't know anything about season three but like the threads that we have to follow are the generex thing we have um Mr. Jones and um I'm losing my thoughts anyone here can jump in uh like I've, I, it's interesting to see how they continue Deep to sky, fit into yeah. this biblical oh yes yes Deep sky. this biblical format that they do fit into so well granted it was like the first story told so most stories can um you can find something in the bible in almost every story but this fits so perfectly in the mold that it almost can't be not intentional well i look forward to seeing who will be the judas because that's what it comes down to right is that the fall of jesus has to come from the betrayal of Somebody See, and I would actually disagree that Noah is our our Lucifer because I think that probably is end up gonna gonna end up being Mr. Jones, and I think that Noah actually might. Think he would have been Judas. Judas. Oh my God! He would have been Judas. Judas. Noah was Judas. He Noah was the was close. Judas. He was the close he was friend. Judas. He was married it, to his sister. Oh yeah. my God, Jason! Oh I think God. Mr. Jones is gonna be our. Um, <laughs> oh my God! You just blew my mind. <laughs> oh. See, this is what I'm saying. The more you dig into the the religious aspects of things, the more you can tie things together. So that's, so, wow. All right, well, (laughs) I feel like I accomplished, I feel like I accomplished something today, so. Well, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, we know that this Mr. Jones is our quote unquote stowaway. And he was the, he is the devil. They literally call him the devil. And because I think that that's the, like, I mean, if you're thinking about the fact that how they learned English, that the, the word you have put to the most evil thing you know is devil. And, and Louis says the devil's coming after me. Um, and so I think that Mr. Jones is going to be this, this tempting, this, this sly conniving and, and, and snake-like creature. And it's gonna be really interesting to see who he's able to infiltrate because he shares the face of our main character. I, uh, I already like, uh, I'm going calling him New Max. I already like New Max more than Old Max. I don't know what that says about my soul. But um, yeah, I'm a I'm a new Max man, so I was like, all right, well we can get rid of the old Max. We got a new one. Well, I'm sassy. I'm mostly intrigued by that sort of TV trope of with evil Max or new Max or whatever. Um, of when he you know shaves and actually looks like you know the the original flavor Max. Um, of that you know like is this, which Max is doing this, you know, are we gonna, you know, I'm excited to see that sort of stereotypical, like you think that it's evil Max doing something, but it's real Max and all of that. I mean, it's all or like, it's gonna be great. I mean, if, if Howdy Partner is gonna fucking echo in my head until I die, I hate that line. But I am excited to see, especially in this context. I and mean, if we're thinking about sort of what Max represents and how important he is, and then you have this sort of, alter ego evil um you know evil spock version of max like what that is going to bring up about what it means to be good and evil like there is no defining line between the two things i mean original flavor max has done some things that are pretty terrible so how do we define that sort of moral and ethical question of what is bad what is good this sort of clash between the two when when every character exists in this sort of gray area can I pose? Can I pose to you again? One of the things that we learned in season two is that Roswell has a lot of twins, identical twins, and we also know that pods can um, keep somebody young for a very long time. What if Max and Mr. Jones are twin brothers? Yes. Or I would be if if keeps you young for really long. What if it's his father? Right. Exactly. Like like this is like it's going to be so interesting to see the familiar relationship, and now he's like this person that his 
his best, you know, his, his sister's mother called the devil is now his only relation in the world. Like, yeah. this is just going to oh. be so interesting. Yes, exactly. Chef's kiss. Just, oh, it's going to be so <laughs> Okay, but can so I just drama. say though, if we don't get a scene where we have both Maxes and like Isabel or Michael standing there with a gun and them being like, no, yes! I'm the real Max. No, yes! I'm the real Max. Exactly. No, and exactly. Then it'll, it'll be like some Then it's all a waste. Thing. Then it's all pointless. Yeah. Okay, so that was our episode. Thank you again to Chasing, Shauna, and Katie for joining us. That was so much fun. Um, again, we're planning on relaunching Not That Complicated in the fall. So keep an eye out on our Queer Alien Blast social media. We'll for sure say something when we have a date. Um, and again, our social media are Queer Alien Blast on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Yes. Um, and for as for season three we're planning on doing going back to doing comments on each episode and we're planning on posting the week after the second episode that comes out I have no idea a week later um so we have time to edit and do a good episode for you guys so we're not um in a rush to do episodes so thank you again for joining us and we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Thanks so much for having us. Bye. 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 Bye.